Previously on the Happy Ass Shit Show. She shielded her eyes from the glare. Mom, chill out. And decimating its insides. His knees were bloody, grass and dirt. Wait, where are you going? You can't shut it. Wait. She never forgot the names that heroes have created to describe the slimy, crawling things that did another. She didn't walk directly to the doorway, but rather advanced from the side. Fierce strength and a blood-curling squeal. The doorbell rang. Hello! We now return to Woe Be Gone, Part 2. Sequel! Hello! Hello! May I help you? She said flirtatiously, then stopped up short. Why was she flirting with this meh baby in powder blue? Didn't she have work to do? Didn't she have a perfectly good husband who was at work right now bringing home the bacon <coughs> so she could have this house that needed to be cleaned all the time? Oh, hell. Come on in. And with that, she flung the door wide and ushered her row ears into her house. Good afternoon, ma'am. This with that incredible smile. My name is Nicholas Langbromide. I thought you might be needing me. June wasn't sure how to take this comment. She scrunched her nose a little like she was thinking seriously about what Mr. Langbromide had said, but really was trying to figure out how to keep him from seeing those footprints that pestered and infested the carpet. The man babe, walked right past her and to her horror, strode straight toward the nasty little marks. He leaned down and touched them, even. I was captured in Cambodia while cavorting with a Cambodian. Great Christ Almighty, she thought she might keel over and die from the shame of it. Ah, footprints. Have you a little one, do you? Um, yes. He's seven. He played baseball today. Blonde hair, southpaw. His daddy's very proud of that. Not the blonde hair. I mean, his father's a brunette, actually. I mean, the southpaw. That's left-handed, which is really very good for baseball. It's all my husband talks about. His son, the next Mickey Mantle. He's really a very good boy, mostly, but... She thought she might continue this inane patter forever. Or at least until her head fell from her neck. Geronimo! And then the dirt wouldn't be such a crucial topic anyway. Oh, he sounds like a fabulous child. The red lips parted to reveal that toothpaste grin again. However, judging from these footprints, it sounds like you've got yourself quite a handful with the cleaning and all. Maybe you could use some help. At this observation, he grinned again. Only this time, the grin was different. It seemed to June that the shadows of his teeth had moved, had gone from sitting outside of the smile to standing straight up and attaching themselves to each tooth. She figured it was just a reflection from the gray carpet, but it made her a little shivery. 
Anyhow, so she looked away. When she returned her vision to the man, his face seemed back to normal. Baby! Well, as normal as that face could be, so she spoke. So you're a salesman, or are you a housekeeper? Those like merry maids who come to clean the houses? I must tell you that I am a stay-at-home person, so I wouldn't be able to have someone come in to help me. My husband would never allow it. Silly, he'd say. Why do I work so hard? I'm not just a sugar daddy, you know. Confounder, that boy knows I like those new sugar smacks. You must contribute. Her face closed like a knife. That'll be four bucks, baby. You want fries with that? Trying to imitate the look Martin got when he lectured. No, no, he chuckled, a baritone marionette chuckle. <laughs> I mean real help. How would you like it if you never had to vacuum this house again? With this dramatic statement, he stopped and positioned himself like Napoleon. Feet splayed out and one hand inside his jacket. June supposed it would have been a humorous pose if she weren't in a traumatized stupor from the words that had just issued from the small man. Baby. Poochy lips. Never vacuum again. Keep the goner in his dungeon forever. Never again to mangle and sully her poor kidneys. Impossible. Yet here he was, this funny-looking little man with a movie star smile, posing like a conqueror and telling her with all seriousness that he could assist her in her plight. June struck a pose of her own, one she hoped would contain the intensity she felt about this proposal. Yes, yes, oh yes, her voice trailed off because she didn't feel she had an adequate vocabulary to express how much she wanted this. Mr. Langbermide's Colgate smile returned, and he untied himself from the pose and turned to go out the door. Wait, oh wait, June's voice was almost a whimper. Didn't I say something right? I'd really, no, I mean really like to see the product you're selling. No worries, Mrs. Waverly. <laughs> I'm just going out to my car to get it. Upon these words, June released a breath she hadn't even realized she'd been holding in a whoosh. And gratefully watched the salesman's back as he trotted down to a light blue Chrysler. She noticed the man seemingly absorbed by the car as he went in the blue of his powdered tux matched the color of the car exactly. Another breath of relief was released as he reappeared with what looked like a spray can clutched between his fingers. The salesman's ears seemed to bounce and jiggle as he trotted back up the walk to the house and June followed him inside like a puppy dog whose master was carrying real meat. Beef stroganoff. Beef bourguignon, Irish beef stew, beef brisket, Chateaubriand, sauerbraten, roast beef, Catalonian beef ragu, Mongolian beef, chicken fried steak, steak Diane, grilled steaks balsamico, hamburgers, sizzling beef, spicy braised beef, barbecued beef ribs, beef wellington, pepper beef, beef jerky, Beef with broccoli, beef burritos, beef fajitas, beef tacos. Do you see where I'm going with this? Nope. Not just those particle board dog chews. 
She had to restrain herself from snatching the can from his grip. Instead, she sat down primly on top of her hands to wait for Mr. Lambermite's spiel. He handed her the can and started spilling with gusto. Now you've heard of Scotchgard, right? She nodded slightly. Was that what this was about? She'd had her carpet Scotchgarded repeatedly, and it hadn't done much good. It certainly hadn't released her from the torturous requirements of the Gulner, in any case. Her smile floundered, and she could feel her perfect hairdo collapsing in protest. The salesman caught her look, smiled a benign reassurance. Well, this, my meaty Waverly, is called Woebegone. A simple trip around your floors with this wondrous spray guarantees you will never have to vacuum again. You can toss that gulner out the window if you want, or put a padlock on the downstairs broom closet for all anybody cares. Your husband will come home to the same sweet wife and the clean little abode he's come to expect. Only you, you, Mrs. Waverly, can spend the days doing anything you please. Soap opera's your poison? Ingest and enjoy. Maybe the mall is your first love. Go ahead, liquefy your brain at Dillard's. You'll have time for it all, guaranteed. June was turning the can over in her hands. It was a nondescript blue that looked like any air freshener one could see in any grocery store anywhere in the country. The words, whoa, be gone, were printed in calligraphic black script across the front. June was so fascinated by the possibilities of the can and of her life as a free woman, she barely registered Mr. Langermide referring to her vacuum as the governor. She thought back to a time she might have mentioned that name to the salesman, to anyone for that matter, and could remember none. She tried to remember introducing herself at all to the funny little man. Baby! The black lettering on the can wavered before her eyes as she brought her attention back to the blue container she was holding. He took it from her hands and walked over to one of Danny's footprints, shook the can and sprayed. What came out looked like hairspray or pledge or anything else one would buy at any grocery store anywhere in the country. But the footprint Change. The dirt which had dried iron gray turned transparent. The chunks of mud took on a waxen hue and trembled. A vaporous, crystalline, jello monster agitating in the bowl. Then the dirt just disappeared. No, not exactly disappeared. More like it was sucked into the carpeting. One minute the jello mud globs were there, the next they were absorbed into the floor. June knelt to the space where the footprint had been and found only beautiful gray pile. Her hands ran over and over where the footprint had been and found nothing but beautiful, very expensive carpet. When she looked back up at Mr. Langbromide, her eyes were watery, pleading and supplicant. Guaranteed? Guaranteed, little missy. If you have to use the vacuum cleaner ever, for any reason, you get a full refund. No questions asked. The salesman nodded ferociously, ears bobbing and straight red hairs flipping off his head from one ear to hang down over the other little red worms conglomerating around the earlobes. 
June was briefly captivated by the strands, as they seemed to wriggle and convulse around his face, almost as if they were absorbed in and then out of the pallid skin of his cheek. Her morbid recording of his activity was quickly dissolved and forgotten as another thought occurred to her. A complete refund? Oh, of course. This must cost a lot. Um, uh, what does this cost exactly? I have a very specific budget since my husband is supporting us, which is hard in this day and age, isn't it? I mean, having only one income almost, no one does it anymore. So they say I'm really lucky. Of course I am. But the budget, you know. So, um, how much is it? June's question, which she couldn't voice as a question, twined around the unspoken air and plopped down a looming elephantine maw on the floor between them. Mr. L, she started thinking of him as Mr. L because his last name seemed cumbersome and hard to remember, patted her shoulder, and the grin returned, the one with the shadows, but it made June feel better anyway. No worries, Mrs. Waverly. Woebegone is a special product for our special customers only. We really want your worries to disperse. The only cost is your firstborn son. But he quickly put his hands on both of her shoulders in a solid and comforting grip. Wow, just kidding. You only have to pay with what you can afford. June squiggled her nose as she thought about it. What could she afford? To get rid of the goner, well, she felt she could afford anything. But the salesman couldn't possibly know how much she had in her secret coffee tin in the back of the pantry. So she thought she'd start low and see how cheaply she could get the miracle can. Her nose now scrunched up like a rabbit sniffing alfalfa. Or is it spanky? She hoped... Thinner. She hoped she looked like she was summing up all the possible financial outlets. Fifty dollars. Mr. L slapped his knee and moved the worm hairs back up over the top of his head. Fifty dollars it is. I think you'll enjoy your new life, Mrs. Waverly. You got yourself some kind of bargain, that's for sure. With this proclamation, he took the can back from June and shook it with gusto. Shake well now, and spray it anywhere you don't want to clean up again. I'd advise you start with the carpets. However, see how you like it. She ran to the kitchen and furtively took $50 from the bulging coffee can at the back of the pantry. Mr. Langramide took it, handed her the precious can, and bowed with a flourish. Enjoy your day, June! Remember the goner in your dreams! The shadow smile came out from behind his red lips and ears wackled with glee. He seemed to skip down the walk and was again absorbed into the light blue Chrysler, which coughed and sputtered and finally took him back the way he had come. She sat on the front room couch and gazed at the can, desire flooding her vision. June Waverly then took her shoes off and set to work. After about 45 minutes of frenetic spraying, especially the corners, oh, how she hated hooking up a gulner tentacle to its body and dust-mongering on her hands and knees, she fell back on the front room couch with a satisfied sigh. Imagine, that was possibly the last time she'd have to extend herself so enormously to keep this place clean. The dirt was never coming back. Oh, she had to pinch herself to believe it. She tried to think of all the things she could do with her newfound free time. She found she couldn't think of much. 
but chalked it up to the excitement of the day. She then reclined her body into the front room couch, luxuriously stretching and unfolding herself like a trusting dog under the hand of a master. Old habits were hard to break, though. She had figured it wouldn't hurt her to put her shoes away before relaxing. Her feet dropped from the couch cushions and went in search of the shoes she dropped prior to the spraying frenzy. Her feet didn't feel the shoes, so she reached her fingers to the floor to search around and under the couch. While the shoe search was in truggish, David came down the stairs, freshly scrubbed in new shorts and a t-shirt. He looked almost as good as when she dressed him herself. The Yankees hat still crouched upon his head, though, and made the clean blonde hair stick out in tufts around his ears. No more baseball today, but David carried the bat and glove around like permanent trophies. Hey, Mom, I'm going to the rumpus room to play video games, okay? Her hand made an impatient gesture of dismissal at the boy. So he walked toward the basement. Her shoes, where were her shoes? They were a living yellow pair of pumps purchased by her husband. Couldn't lose those shoes. She stuck her head all the way under the couch as she kept her grip on the couch cushions. Nothing. She hung over the back end of the couch to search under the back. Still no lemon pumps. In dismay and consternation, June moved over the couch back so she could sit down to think. Her head flew up from its hang-down position, and in the process, one of her earrings flew off and out onto the carpet. It was a clip-on earring, because her husband didn't approve of holes in her body that weren't God-granted. Pretty little thing, too primrose to match her apron. The earring swore through the air over the coffee table and landed flower up on the carpet. June started to pick it up, then sank back into the couch flabbergasted. The earring was changing first. It lost all its color, appeared as cool crystal jello. The petals bobbing back and forth. Each petal was then gobbled into the gray pile carpet. Shloop, glut. Gurgle. Then, gone. She ran to the spot where the earring had been, and balancing her arm on the coffee table, touched her fingers over the area. Nothing but gorgeous gray rug. June poised one finger where the earring had been, as if she could summon it back up from the depths of... from wherever it had gone. The tip of her finger went dead. Deed. All of a sudden, and June watched in horror as the fingernail turned to glass. She plucked it up off the carpet and held it under her eyes, terrified as the blood vessels of her fingertip turned to clear glass noodles. A gentle poking revealed the skin and nail to be squishy, spongy, a worm under the hand of a three-year-old. She shook it voraciously, but to no avail. It didn't spread, but it didn't go away either. Tempted to suck it, <laughs> as if it were a paper cut. But frightened as she envisioned jello lips and mushy teeth, June held the hand out to the side of her body and jumped on the couch. But wait, she'd been walking all over the woebegone and nothing had happened. She breathed a sigh of relief as the realization came. You had to be still for it to eat you. Immobility, the earring, inactivity, her finger. Her shoes! Their motionlessness outside of her feet must have been the reason they were gone, too. June felt vaguely proud in the midst of her fear and anger just because she had figured it out. Anger, you betcha, that Mr. L was a bad man. 
All she wanted was some relief from the tedium and banality of her life and the dirt that always came back. What was so wrong? And now she had to deal with a killer carpet to add to her weariness. What would her husband say? It looked like they would have to purchase a whole new house full of carpet, or maybe a new house even. June touched her upswept hair gingerly, making sure not to touch it with a jello finger. Well, she thought, maybe I'll get a job. The thought almost pleased her, although she didn't know why. Her husband would never allow it anyway. Suddenly, Susan. her head shot up. Hadn't she seen David earlier? Something about the rumpus room. Oh, please, please say he wasn't going to play video games. They had a video game system set up on the floor. The floor! Great Christ almighty! That game was played on the floor while the TV set perched on a small dresser. June had been in there many times to remind David to take his shoes off if he was going to spread himself out on the carpet. She sprinted down to the basement rumpus room, screaming at herself and for her boy the whole time. The rumpus room is supposed to get dirty. Isn't that what the word means? Why did she spray it there? Didn't she spray it doubly thick since it was a very messy place? Oh God, oh God, David! Flying down the stairs, shouting David's name the whole time, June burst into the rumpus room. A Yankees baseball cap was sitting on the floor, changing color. She threw herself forward and grabbed at it, gibbering incoherently, hair flinging every which way, apron twisted around to her back like a winging tetherball cord. The cap was already halfway melded to the floor, but adrenaline fueled her grip. The cap came loose suddenly, and she was spit backward holding a brim and a button sprawling on her husband's favorite chair. June sat in the chair, sobbing, and twisted the material which once had been navy but was now sort of a pale, dingy gray, and stared at her very beautiful, very expensive, very clean, and empty carpet. June Waverly trudged up the basement stairs and sat, looked around her front room, in one hand, she held a piece of dirty, strange-looking material. In the other, she held a powder blue can with black lettering, the kind one might see at any grocery store anywhere in the country. She gingerly placed both of these on the couch and walked over to the closet. Slowly, unwaveringly, she reached in and drew out a big black vacuum cleaner. She laid it in the middle of the floor, moving the coffee table away so she could lay down beside it. Martin Waverly had had a tough day. His boss was a real jerk, and he was utterly tired of feeling about as appreciated as a plantar's wart. He drove into the driveway, and his metallic blue sedan glinted in the setting sun. Well, sort of glinted, anyway. Martin sighed, thinking it was just about time to wash the damn thing again. He'd done it just the other day, but then of course there was that freak rainstorm. Figured. He sighed melodramatically. Ah well, at least he had that cute little wifey of his, who would for sure have dinner ready when he had gone home. He could enjoy some parts of his life at least. Martin got out of his car, grunted and headed into the house. Woe be gone, a short story by Kelly. The end! Oh, and that's it for another 
very exciting episode of the Happy Horror Coffee Break Old Time Horror Radio Show Sideshow, Crappy Pasta Crawl. No. <laughs> Be sure to tune in next Friday for another full-length episode of Happy Horror Coffee Break Old Time Horror Radio Show. Until then, go away. Beef fajitas.